Good evening and welcome everybody to Paranormal Analytical. I'm your host, Eddie Hill. And we don't have Rick Warren on tonight because he is at a concert, but we are supposed to have James Toops, who is running late as usual. How are you doing there, Landon? I'm glad you could make it on here. Tonight we have a wonderful guest over here. We have Brittany Barberi. And I hope I didn't butcher that too bad, Brittany. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and, uh, she is a cryptozoologist, ufologist, and also a paranormal investigator by trade. And uh, so she's got knowledge in a little bit of everything. And we're going to be talking to her tonight about all the above. So prepare for a great show. Brittany, how are you doing tonight? I am doing really good, Eddie. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I am sunburned, as you can see. Uh, oh yeah yeah I was, you know i had the goggle thing going so it's a wonder i don't have the you know the white goggle eyeballs happening right now kind of glowing in the dark but uh yeah it was a great ride i rode from houston all the way into uh floresville uh on a harley that i'd picked up which is a uh, was a fun ride although i hit two thunderstorms which i actually appreciate it uh, because it was so hot so it was kind of like a bath on wheels <laughs> oh my god so what has the weather great. been like out there for you guys because it's been i mean i've seen the weather all over the place it's been abnormally hot everywhere oh god yes i mean it's been blaring out here and uh it was a fun ride when i was coming in and there was a lot of different uh uh fun things to see i mean we've got there's one creek that runs through i don't know if you've heard of la llorona Brittany, have you ever mm-hmm. heard of that well, this is Woman Hollering Creek that runs through. And supposedly, they hear the scream of La Llorona in that area, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think her story is one of the stories that makes me kind of go, especially because I have like a small son. So I'm oh, kind of like, yeah. I don't think I'm going to take him through there anytime soon. <laughs> well, think- we also have uh, Landon saying, welcome, Brittany. So uh, oh, he's in the chat Landon. room, and uh, we have uh, Jeff. He is high from the goat. He is the goat of Ohio, and uh, oh. he says hello as well. And uh, <laughs> hello, saying Jeff. hi to everybody. But we have, we got a great we got a great crew that jump on here. We got a lot of people that jump on chat and they like to ask questions and they put their own interpretations of what's going on. So let's start off with you right now. Awesome. I mean, this show is about you. So. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you know, too much pressure. No, oh, lots of pressure. So we're going to talk a little bit about your past. What got you started in the paranormal? We can go about, okay. we can start there, you know, work your way forward through the years. What was your most intriguing cases? What got okay. you into the different areas of the paranormal, such as cryptos, UFOs, hauntings, etc., etc. And what are your thoughts up to now after all these years of uh looking into all these different subject matters oh man do you have how many hours do we have no i'm just kidding we got we got to squeeze all of this in a one hour show (laughs) i'm gonna make it real quick um i got into the paranormal actually first when i was really little because we grew up not too far down the road from the stanley hotel in ss park um and so for me it was kind of um oh that's cool Nice. I just saw Jeff's little post come in the bottom. So I was reading, I got distracted pretty quickly. Um, anyway, um, and so when I was four, um, 
to this day, I still believe that that's when I, I saw my first apparition, which was uh, the face of an Indian, uh, of a Native American. And I basically knew in that moment, I knew what I saw. And it kind of stuck with me over the years. Um, and then I remember talking to my older brother, um, and he had seen a lot of stuff when he was younger. And we basically started talking and living out in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, the belief of Bigfoot and stuff kind of came about too, of course, um, because they had seen stuff, I had seen stuff, and it all, my mom and I heard something when we were out feeding one night. I literally left her to die. Like, it was the most horrific story. Oh, it was wow. terrible. I felt so bad. <laughs> that, like, that's awful. It sounds dramatic, but it wasn't, listen, I was like eight <laughs> years old, okay? And we were out feeding the animals. We had, a, we were an exotic animal ranch growing up. And so we were out taking care of the portion where our llamas were. And my dad was out of town and she's inside the pen by the barn. And I had the grain to hand her. And if anybody's been in the woods, you, you've heard the sound of a, of a dying deer. And it sounds like a woman being murdered. Mm -hmm. It just does. So in the mountains, we've heard all different types of animal sounds. And we heard the most horrific howl that couldn't have been maybe across the road at the neighbor's house and i remember dropping the grain and booking it in the house and closing the sliding glass door and my mom like ran in this, this day she's like yeah Brittany left me to die with bigfoot yeah it's like sorry mom you're on your own <laughs> i was like oh my god i mean i've grown a lot since then i don't run anymore but i did, <laughs> run, I did take off running pretty freaking fast <laughs> so you know, so that really started my whole infatuation. And then, you know, the paranormal is so engaging and so intriguing because there's so many levels to it, right? There's so many elements. Everybody mm -hmm. thinks paranormal is just ghosts, but actually it's not. It's There's this whole big circle where everything kind of comes together because it's a weird universe of weirdness. And um, right around 14, 15 years old, I started doing paranormal investigating and I got involved with my brother doing it. And then I just basically decided, you know what, this is, I feel drawn to it and I'm going to follow this path. And I did, and I stuck with it. And then I found out over the years that, um, I was really drawn to it more or less to, to learn that I was an empath. Um, so I've been learning how to control that. Cause that's a whole weird thing. So I was like, okay, this is pretty intriguing that I can feel things in these buildings and see things I probably shouldn't see. And, you know, or most people wouldn't see or maybe get scared of. Um, and throughout the years, then my mom and I were talking one night, she's like, Oh yeah, my own, you know, your uncle and I saw a UFO in the desert. And so, you know, all these little things started putting pieces together for me basically in a nutshell with my family. Uh, to become what I am today. And then I just branched off because it's a rabbit hole. You learn one thing and then you go to another thing and you're like, oh, this is creepy and cool. What's this about? And then you just keep researching and it's amazing. Right. And then you're, it seems like the more you look into it, the more questions you have. And then your knowledge base just increases tremendously. And as yep. you go, it seems like some things you discard, other things you keep. And it's just, an, it, it's, it's always growing. It never stops. Mm -mm. No, and I always, you know, I get asked the question a lot from people like, well, do you consider yourself a professional? And I say, you know, that's a really hard question because you're a professional when you have something that you can tangibly say we have complete 100% proof of, right? Like I'm a professional in this field. This is what I'm a professional photographer, you know, and things like that. Um, but I feel that we're all professionals in this business. Like there's not one that's like greater or beneath anybody because we're all going after the same 
purpose like the the greater good is to discover what's really going on right and i feel like every day we're learning something new so we're growing in our field and we're constantly being educated so i feel like every day we're we're achieving professionalism as being a professional in the field but we're not like the best of the best of the best you know what i'm saying if right. that makes sense and and you know i don't think anybody actually ever is this is i mean it it's a forever growing field of knowledge and, and trial and error. So there's yep. no set rules. And I think like you do, the more we help each other, as far as the investigations go, the more we're able to help each other learn, the better off the, the whole, the whole uh, shenanigans is going to be all at once, you know? Yeah. And uh, real quick, I want to say hi to Danielle who jumped on here. This is a uh, James Toop's wife. And, oh. uh, Danielle, tell the boy to get out of the hot tub, put some clothes on. Well, he doesn't even need clothes. Just tell him to get on the camera and, and jump on. You know, we're over here waiting on him. And, uh, yeah, it's it's. It, I, I think that the more we help each other, the better, you know? And, no, I agree. Uh, there's so much, uh, I, I guess there's, there's so much bickering among different paranormal investigators and and uh, I guess the bickering on the thought process or the type of evidence or whatever the case may be or what equipment to use. I mean, there's no set of rules that anybody needs to follow other than just be safe doing it right. and help each other out. I think those are the two main rules that we need to, to keep in mind right now and keep working toward those goals. And with the paranormal, such as hauntings, uh, to get anything scientific... And to make a science out of it, you need to be able to repeat the process. Mm -hmm. And repeating the process is what's difficult. Because you might get a glimpse, but you don't know why you got a glimpse. Right, exactly. You know, Or you saw a Bigfoot, but you're not sure how or why you saw it. Right, exactly. Or yep. same goes for Dogman or, or whatever the case might be. You can never recreate that moment mm -hmm. to say that we have a scientific method to prove that this is what happened. So what I always tell everybody is whenever you're investigating, you got to think outside the box. Okay. Sure. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that works, you know, such as your EVPs and uh, some things on thermal and some things on infrared, but you've got to think outside the box. A lot of times, if you want to increase our knowledge base and increase the type of equipment in uh, types of electronics that we use in order to try and capture these uh, th this evidence, you know. So I mean, it's not something that is cut and dry. So I I really hate when people you know bicker back and forth about you know this that and the other and this is better than that and blah blah blah. I, I think that's just a I don't know. I think that actually sets us back. More it than does. I, yeah, it does. I couldn't agree more with you. Like everything you just said is a hundred percent so true. And I agree with you 100% across the board. Like, it, I have it all the time. And I, I, I wish that people were more understanding, like you, to sit there and say, why aren't we more as a team effort here if we want to try and prove this? The more we bicker, the more we say, well, what I, my method is better than your method. Well, no, we're all just trying different methods because something's got to break at one of these points. So if I come up with a really cool, you know, new technique that works, I would want everybody else to try it too so that we all can get on the same page and not fight about, well, I'm better or I'm the best or I'm the best of the best out there for right. ghost hunting. So what got no. you into the 
paranormal part of it, the hauntings and things? I'm sorry, what was that? What got you more into the paranormal, such as the hauntings and things of that nature? You know, it's hard to say. I was really just intrigued by it because I feel like there's this dimension around us that is going at full speed all the time. And I sometimes sit there and think to myself, what if we could remove that veil and we could truly see what was going on? And I want to figure it out. And you go through history, especially through parapsychology, you learn through history all these amazing things that have happened. Um, and, and to a degree, they were heavily investigated for their time. But if we could open that veil, why wouldn't we want to see it? You know, maybe then we could see our relatives that have passed on. I mean, how cool would that be? You know, so for me, that always intrigued me. I want to continue to know what's beyond. And if what if beyond is with like, you know, a hand, uh, you know, arm length away through a veil, I want to, I want to move it. I want to see. So it really just kept me driven forward for it. Well, uh, if you remember, Thomas Edison once said that, Someday we're going to have a telephone to the other side where we can call our deceased relatives. And I think being that there is such a collection of EVPs and and, uh, Danielle made a comment on here about how she doesn't really care too much for the spirit box. But, mm -hmm. you know, and and I get that. But it's just another tool. But I really like getting class AVPs using a recorder, whether yep. it's digital, whether it's uh, magnetic tape, whatever the case might be. I like digital recorders. I like to be able to capture EVPs because there is something about those that seems a lot more, um, what's that word I'm looking for? There, there are a lot, it's a, it's a warmer feeling, I guess you could say, that you, yeah. you were actually able to make contact with something. And mm-hmm. uh, I think those are so far about as close as we've been able to be to, to get to having a conversation with the other side um the only things that's always perplexed me was whenever you talk or you ask questions probably nine times out of ten or maybe even more than that the answers you receive are not anything concerning the question that you asked it's kind of just something that's thrown out there Mm-hmm. a word or it could even be a sentence but it has nothing to do with what you're asking so are these yeah. are these just uh voices or or uh sounds or some sort of uh playback of an area that may have had this in the past that we don't understand yet well see that's the thing so then you can look at evps when there are direct responses to your questions those are the class a's those are the ones where you're like all right i'm on to something and then you have the ones like you mentioned where it's just conversation almost you know in the in the background i do do a lot of investigating jeff i love it as often as i can get out i get out there and get boots on the ground yeah um and so for me, I look at it two ways. So there's, there's two approaches that I look at EVPs when I pick up just kind of just conversation, right? So think about like the Abraham Lincoln EVP that they captured, right? Mm-hmm. That's one of the famous ones. Uh, and you sit there and you go, well, Abraham Lincoln's still dressing the public oh, from the other side. I kind of think I would hope that he's relaxing. Right. right. So he's still working. we're energy. Uh, what? He's still at work. 
he's like, oh my God, poor guy. <laughs> Just let him have a break. Jeez. <laughs> um, um, so, you know, how I look at it is like it, it, we're energy and the power of the word is so strong, right? So what we project out stays out. And that's, I mean, we've known that since we were kids, like, don't say that unless you mean it, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I kind of feel like sometimes there is projected sounds and statements that are just still out there within the energy. And I think sometimes we still pick those up. Those are those weird EVPs that we're like, what the heck is this? And then I think on the other hand too, and this is going to get a little out there. Hopefully everybody will not hate me for this, but I sometimes wonder if it's a bend in time. And when you're doing the EVPs, you're working on different levels of frequencies, much like the Einstein theories, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so I know Gettysburg is a huge, huge, you know, coffin of nails of that one. Um, And so I sit there and I think to myself, well, what if I'm at these locations and the conversations I'm hearing are actually taking place, but they're taking place at their time. And I'm bending in time currently and I'm hearing what's happening at their time. Just as much as the EVPs you capture that you ask, what year do you think it is? Or you know, are you, are you dead? And they're like, I'm not dead. Like they answer you back. Like mm-hmm. I'm not dead. It's like, I sit there and I go, it's because they're probably those. not. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I have too. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And, and I sit there and I go, I don't think that they're dead. And then, you know, then there's those other team members that you have with them and I respect them as well. But I, I sit there and I go, just take a second and think out of the box for a second. They're telling you they're not dead. So what if they're not really dead? What if they're hearing us and they're thinking they're having a ghostly encounter and we're having a ghostly encounter, but it's actually the past and present lapsed at this certain time. Now, see, I don't see you, how that doesn't make sense. You just mentioned something there that reminds me of a, of a story that I heard that was, that happened over in Gettysburg. Okay. And I love Gettysburg. There was a lady mm that had entered one of the houses that were supposedly a civil war type house, you know, where I, I think it was an old hospital, but then again, I think most of the buildings over there were hospitals at one time, you know, that, you know, date back to that era. Oh yeah. And Lots of them. So she was sitting in there uh, and she was taking a break. And I believe she was doing a tour and she looked up and saw a soldier mm-hmm. from that era and he turned and he looked at her and he was extremely, she said he looked frightened. Like he was in shock to see her and almost backed up and ran. She was in shock to see him, almost backed up and ran. Yeah. You know, and like you were saying, what if there is that tear in, in time space where you actually can see? And, and to her, it was an apparition. Maybe to him, she was an apparition exactly you know so you see these things and you hear these things and you wonder is this actually a a spirit that we're dealing with or is it maybe a tear in time exactly well and you know they talk about rifts all the time rifts in our space i mean they talk about this and and i think that gettysburg because of such Oh, well, see, even she's thought about it too. It's, it's exactly, it's, we just, I think a lot of people have thought about this. And I think a lot of people are, when you bring this topic up with like deep hearted, you know, deep investigators that believe solely in just ghosts and nothing else, they almost get frustrated or mad at you, right? Because for them, it, it takes away the credibility of ghosts. And I'm, and I go, no, I, I'm not saying that all ghosts, I believe in ghosts and spirits, 
But I, I think it's amazing that there could be locations that are high amounts of energy, just like Gettysburg. The amount of quartz crystal that is underneath the grounds and the limestone, that right, and if you follow the patterns, which I have over the years, if you follow the patterns of when the most sightings happen and when the odd occurrences happen, which your story reminded me of another one from Gettysburg, I'll share in a second. They all happen after a really intense thunderstorm. And what does lightning do? Lightning charges the mm -hmm. ground, charges sure. limestone, charges Absolutely. quartz. So if you take that scientifically and you go and investigate immediately after one of those terrible, intense storms, you're going to be either opening the past and present at the same time, or you're going to be watching a movie from the world's most tragic history in that area. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish that people would spend more time there and do a real deep investigation further into that because I've done, I have pages written on how the quartz crystals, it can literally guide us and, and basically help us to unveil what we're missing. But there's a story from Gettysburg with a woman who was basically with her family on a tour. When I spoke to her, cause I called her, it was an amazing story. And basically she said she was coming over one of the bridges taking pictures and there was a young boy about 18 years old, 17, 18, dressed in complete military garb of that time. And she thought, so she had her younger son with her and she thought he was an actor. So she called him over to say, hey, let's get a picture or whatever. And he had a gun and he turned it on them. And she said, I will never forget the look he gave me. It was pure fright. He looked at me with the eyes just as white as can be like a deer in the headlights. And as soon as he was there, he was gone. Wow, that's incredible. And they, and they both saw him. The son validated too. He's like 13 years old and it scared him. They don't want to go back to Gettysburg. And they're like, I don't know what happened or what, but I don't think we were supposed to see each other. That is really cool. I mean, I, that would make me go back, you know, regardless of, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I'd be like, you know, pull a gun on me. I mean, you're going to, you know, shoot me through time and space, you know, go for it. You know, I'll have evidence. Um, exactly. I'll film the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Jeff said, Jeff says, uh, one time I was there, I, I took a picture at night and when I looked at it, there was a face of a person uh, he had a curved hat and a cigar and a little white, and there was like little white smoke. Little white smoke. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy too. But yeah, Gettysburg is a real yeah, uh, strange neat. place. What's the name of that hotel in Colorado where they filmed The Shining? What was that one? Um, the Stanley Hotel. The Stanley hotel. That was that's up the right. road from my house. I love the Stanley. See, now the Stanley is in an area with a lot of quartz as well. Yes. And if you start puzzling it, I'm telling you, Eddie, it's it's unbelievable. Well, I mean, what do they make uh, computer chips out of, you know, for the most part? Quartz. I exactly. mean, and if you think about it, just like these quartz skulls, what if these things are some sort of hard drive? You know, and just think of the amount of data yeah. those, those things could be holding and we just don't know how to tap into it. There's a lot exactly. of crazy stuff. I mean, so, and, and that's what's so fascinating about the, the paranormal is that it, it's, there's so many different theories that you could apply to so many different things. It keeps you thinking. It keeps your mind active. It keeps you wondering and guessing and making theories and, and you know, reaching out, trying to search for the right answer. And I think exactly. that's really cool. Uh, Danielle asks, uh, what part of Colorado are you in? I am not currently in Colorado anymore. I was in Estes Park, Colorado. 
um, growing up. I was born in Tucson, Arizona, and then we moved to Estes Park, Colorado. And I lived there most of my most of my years. Um, and then in my teenage years, we moved to Central Florida, and I've been in Central Florida ever since. Oh wow, that's awesome! I used to be in Fort Walton Beach. Oh, okay. That's that fun. <laughs> yeah, that was my party town back in the day. <laughs> Fort Walton Beach and uh, Panama City. Yeah, all that. Oh uh, yeah, party, yeah. party central. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So, I mean, yeah, th- this is just crazy stuff, and and. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, and I wanted to tell you also, Jeff wanted to know if you've ever heard of the Bel Air House. It, um, no. I mean, is that a mansion? No, it's it's a house in Ohio. Okay. And uh, we were over there filming, and we did a, a we were filming a, a deal over there, like a paranormal show, and it was called uh, Paranormal Confessions. And okay. it, was, it was a lot like Big Brother, but in a paranormal aspect of it. And okay. uh, it's the the place is phenomenal. It's got a lot of activity, a lot of stuff taking place, and uh, we had an awesome time over there with a lot of different paranormal investigators that showed up to help film. And uh, awesome. we did we we were there for a full uh, seven days, and it was phenomenal the whole time. And uh, now, Chris, what year was it built? I'm sorry. What year was it built? Um, it was back, I believe, in the. 1800s jeff if you can uh throw that up there would you on uh, when it was built you know more about it than uh, i think pretty much anybody and uh i see he says she should come to ohio <laughs> yes yes he, he he the beller house is really really cool and like i said i mean we we were there and it, it was an awesome time filming we had uh Kristen lee who's the owner and uh-huh. she uh she helped a lot of people in their spiritual journeys and things of that nature while we were filming and uh she's an awesome spiritual coach also so i mean if you get a chance to speak to her i think you two would probably hit it off and enjoy the conversations you would have oh but, that's uh, awesome but yeah, yeah it's, i would it's love really to cool. and uh yeah so it's called the beller house and and i was really surprised how you know quick it is to jump from one state to the next over there i mean we went from oh yeah we, we went from uh Bel Air, Ohio, all the way into, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, heck. I forget that. The next state over, wherever we went. And uh, it, w- it took us like 30 minutes. You know, yeah. 30 minutes, you can't even get across town here in Texas. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it takes forever. Well, it's not here in Florida either. You uh, know that. Oh, yeah. Flo- yeah. Florida's cool, though. I, I enjoy it over there. There's a lot of cool stuff and haunted lighthouses and stuff like that. Yeah, we do. We do have a lot of classic haunts here in Florida. I wish we had, um, I mean, we always have St. Augustine. Everybody, you know, goes to St. Augustine for, that seems to be a lot where the spirits dwell, as I like to say. But there are other little, like, hidden secrets throughout Florida that, you know, aren't on the on the track. That Those are the ones I like to go to. Those are the ones that are the best ones. And Jeff says, I was pushed through a window. I was on a little piece on my uh, ghost stories. Yeah, so he was on uh, my ghost stories, and he had that on there where he was actually pushed through a window. And uh, oh wow! So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff there at the Bel Air. But uh, the name sounds familiar, but I I can honestly say I've never like done the research or I knew where it was. Yeah, I mean it looks there's... innocent enough until you get in. <laughs> you know, so I mean. <laughs> well, that's like I was reading up today again because I wanted to see where this mansion what has happened with this mansion over the years and i'm sure you've heard of it the allen house Mm -hmm. 
in Arkansas. And so I was like, what has been going on? And apparently they haven't done much since like 2016. And I don't really know why, because I mean, they had a lot of activity of people coming, especially after all the letters were found. So I was kind of like, I wonder like why all of a sudden everything just kind of stops. I don't know if that's just a personal thing on their part or if people just kind of like, Oh, it's over televised. We're not going to go back up. Cause that place is pretty cool. Yeah. That, that place is really cool. I've, I haven't heard a whole lot of stories from there. I do know about it, but as far as the stories go, I, it's just one of the places I haven't really heard a whole lot of detail. Yeah. Now, we're going to jump into another little topic here because I'm sitting here staring at your shirt with the little green men on it. Yeah, And, and I think shirt. that's so cool. So oh, thanks. <laughs> let, let's talk about UFOs and aliens. Okay, let's. Let's do it. All right. What got you involved? Uh believing that there's extraterrestrial life and living and going out in Tucson and Arizona and being out West, it's a huge deal and it's a very strong belief. Um, and my, my, like I said, my mom, my uncle saw a UFO. I seen a UFO. I actually saw one like two years ago with my dad, um, here in Florida, believe it or not. And, and I know what it is. Like it was unbelievable. And, um, you know, once you, once you've had those encounters or you've heard those stories, it really is engaging. And then um, I met the wonderful Don Schmidt, um, mm-hmm. who is like the Roswell King himself. And right. he and I became very close friends. I was working on a project and wanted to bring him in. And shortly after that, he became like Uncle Don to me. And I told him that for like the last 10 years, I had been studying ufology and I really wanted to become certified. And he helped me through the course and helped me through it. And I became certified and got my little nice certificate and became a ufologist and been working with him ever since. And it's been incredible because I'm kind of like his little protege. And it's it's you, you learn so much about what's really going on and what they don't want you to know when you're actually involved in the investigations. And it's, it's really engaging. That is so cool. So what don't they want you to know? Everything. <laughs> <Don't figure. laughs> Frankly, everything. I mean, that's, I mean, like, you know, that's the hard part is like ufologists, right? Like there's people out there that are like, is that even a real thing? And it's like, do your research. It really is. Like it's mm-hmm. totally is like, and you'll love the research behind it. Um, but if it wouldn't have been for the leading ufologist, I mean, the wonderful and who I adore the most throughout history was Alan Hynek, um, J. Alan Hynek. And how cool would Don have worked been with him for like eight him. years. Hmm? Just think how cool it would have been to meet Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Oh my God. That would have like, been like phenomenal, wouldn't it? I don't know if I could have spoke. I think I'd just been like, and uh-huh. I just <laughs> pick his brain for like, you know, give me, I don't know, give me like a week. <laughs> I, I'm not I, asking I for much. I totally agree. I will pay for his fare. I will pay for his hotel just so I could talk to him. Like, wow. yeah, I know. That's amazing. Yeah, he, he, he was an amazing man. So what's, what have you had any experience or any uh, run-ins with any UFOs or have you had uh, any abduction cases that you've looked into or anything like that, that kind of sticks out? Well, like I've had my own UFO encounters that I've seen um, that I'll immediately, you know, go into the data to see, is it an aircraft, is it an airliner? Or then you end up calling like the actual air traffic control and they're like, no, we're not pulling anything. I don't know what you're seeing. Um, And then that's when I document that's when I'm like, okay, done, you know. But um, as far as like abductee cases, they're tricky. You get the people that say, you know, I've been abducted and you do the investigation with some of them I've done, um, you know, and talk to Don about those cases because it's like, it's really hard. There's a lot of people out there that say they've been abducted and 
I fear that it's not 100% truthful. They kind of want just like the 10 minutes of fame, which is really sad because there's a lot of innocent people that are being abducted that are terrorized by this and it's making them out to look the same. And so it's very hard to weed the truth and, and find it. And so with every person that comes, I honestly talk to them objectively and hear their story because it's not my place to say it didn't happen because I wasn't there. I don't know. And as horrifying as it sounds like a Travis Walton, I mean, through history, we have some of the worst documented abduction cases and you go, there is some truth here. All these stories are almost identical to the point to where we didn't have the technology we have today. So how do they have all the same stories mm-hmm. in all over the world? Right. So there's obviously a common thread there and it's obviously happening, but what's happening and why is it happening? I don't know. Cause there's so many theories out there and then there's like the Eisenhower treaty and then there's the Kennedy didn't sign the paper. So the aliens are mad. Like, I don't know what to believe because there's just so much out there. Have you heard of operation blue Beam? Opera? No. Am I I a bad ufologist? I'm sorry? I said, am I a bad ufologist? No. My God, what is Project Bluebeam? Not a lot of people have heard about it, but you should look into Operation Bluebeam. Okay, I will. This is something that had happened in the 90s. And you remember, have have you ever heard of Operation Paperclip? Yes. Yes. And they brought the Nazi scientist over for World War II, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, along sir. with yeah, those yeah. Nazi scientists, we had Werner von Braun. Yep. Okay. Well, Werner von Braun, before he passed away, was speaking to his secretary. Uh, actually, she was kind of more of a friend than anything else. And uh, he was bringing up the fact that NASA and the UN were working on creating this one world government, which I know you've heard about. Well, during the process, he said, you're going to have issues with the Middle East. You're going to be in battle with them, or the United States will be in battle with them. This was on his deathbed. You're going to have issues with uh, uh, China. You're going to have issues with you know all these other superpowers as time goes on. He said, but here's the most interesting part of the whole thing he was telling her about, which all the things that he's, he told her, have, they've already come to pass. Okay. But the most interesting one is yet to come. And it was almost here in 1990, and it was called Operation Bluebeam. And that's where the use of NASA, or NASA and the UN, were going to create this laser-type laser show in the sky, recreating alien-type ships to make it look like we were being attacked by an alien race. Okay? And by doing this, it would destroy... Uh, most of Christianity and basically all your religious, you know, deals, right. it, it would kind of like throw all that out the window and the world would have to come together to fend off these alien uh, creatures that are attacking earth. And by doing so, they would be able to create a one world government. And he said that this was going to happen and it was supposed to happen in 1990, but it leaked. And after it leaked, and, and you can find the documentation on this. I think if you go to Amazon and top in uh, Project Bluebeam, you can find the documents and you can you can buy them on there and, and kind of check them out and read them yourself. And it's uh, it was very interesting to see that this was actually something that was going to take place. But wow. now we've got, of course, 
the pandemic and everybody is up in arms and afraid and all that what a better time to unleash their terror on the on humanity and on the world than right now and if they do that or if they are doing that it kind of it, it kind of like gives a little bit of weight to the fact that we're having all these ufo sightings the pentagon has already yeah, come out and said we have uaps okay oh, yeah and, usos you got yeah. those now popping out of nowhere yeah. and uh the military footage you see is real mm-hmm. okay so they're it's almost like they're kind of leading up to it but now they went quiet Every, everything's quiet on ufos right now mm-hmm. when it was like oh really, you noticed that too huh <laughs> yeah, yeah it was really, really spurring up but now it's quiet so if yeah. you look at all this i mean it kind of leads me to believe that something's going to be happening here before too long something's brewing that's a very interesting thing and it and it honestly makes sense because i've heard of the one world government before and mm-hmm. all of that truly makes a lot of sense um it's eerie but it would it's kind of crazy if you think about it because if you take it into consideration with the whole you know ufo and uap report that came out where they they said without saying anything basically that they still don't know anything um it it does make you sit there and scratch your head to go well this kind of if they can't use the pandemic as a fear anymore to control everybody would they go to extreme to do a, a fake alien invasion i mean i i just don't know i mean that you can't you never know i guess now danielle says uh weirdness alert james thinks either one or both of us were abducted one night when we woke up we were in opposite sides of the bed that's kind of not an unusual thing there danielle i mean a lot of times i mean i'll kind of like be on the other side of the bed you know you kind of want some room or maybe got too hot but uh opposite sides of the bed than we were when we went to sleep there was also a large round patch of dead grass in the backyard. This was a few years ago. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think? What do you make of this there, Brittany? Oh, man. Now, the, the dead patch, if it wasn't there the day before, that's a little interesting. Yeah, that it's doesn't kind of, happen just overnight. I, yeah, that's kind now, of, no, dead, no. Now, there's, a, now there's certain funguses. <laughs> there's a certain fungus that will kill off grass in round circles oh yeah but but not know, overnight but not overnight Mm-mm. so i don't did know that, look, that's I mean, interesting. my question to danielle would be was it, did it like did it look charred at all or did it look possibly like something hot had sat on it condensing or melting almost the blades of glass? like i hate to say melting but making them look wilted i mean that that's uh that's really really weird and yeah. uh, it's a shame it's a shame that it was a few years oh, ago oh and she was saying they were on opposite sides in other words uh like one slept on the right one slept on the left and in the morning they had swapped from left to right oh, they were swapped anything weird about their clothing the, yeah, these Danielle, are, these are fine things you have to pay attention to was there anything odd about your clothing anything that particularly hurt the next morning that seemed a little odd and she, um, she does say no it was not there before the rest of the yard was beautiful god it's a shame that it was a couple years ago because honestly the very next thing i would have done was to gather up a lot of the grass and had it tested some samples some soil samples and so forth mm-hmm. 
Yep. Or even had like an EMF reader, just something to see the levels of what was going on around that area. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, she says she doesn't remember the clothing. But, uh, yeah. you know, that that's something that maybe you and James can sit there and discuss, Danielle, and kind of see about the clothing and, and so forth and so on. And, and maybe come to some kind of a, uh, or have some kind of a thought process on it. Um, it might be <laughs> even worth maybe doing some uh, uh, type of uh, hypnosis maybe to try and find yep. that, that time and see if there's anything that they can remember happening. I actually know uh, a psychic medium who actually deals and dabbles in with extraterrestrial. It happens quite frequently to her. Um, she might be of some assistance. Her name is Intuitive April. She's incredible, a dear friend. I love her to pieces. You can find her all over. She's from New Jersey. You can give her a plug. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and give her a plug. Oh, okay. You can go, you can look her up on Instagram. Um, I think she's on Twitter. She, um, she's kind of like the housewife, New Jersey, um, medium up there, but she's, she's spectacular. She dabbles in everything. I use her a lot for questions or concerns or investigations. She's on an investigation tonight, actually, that she prepped for all day. Um, what's her name? Her name intuitive April intuitive april april yeah and she like i said i i love her to pieces she's fascinating she's probably one of the realest mediums i've ever met like she's she's hardcore yeah danielle maybe you should try and look her up and uh i know you think james is crazy for mentioning that but i don't think he's as crazy as you think i mean that honestly that sounds like something you might want to look into yeah, and you could always, you know, if you look her up, just tell her Brittany Barbieri told you to come talk to her, <laughs> and she'll definitely help you out um, any way that she can, if she can help figure out that night best. The only reason I bring up clothing or layout of the bedroom, I mean, it's cool that you noticed that you were on opposite sides of the beds. Things like this is what you want to pay attention to on a night that you think, or an event that you think there may have been an abduction, because a lot of times some of the abductees have noticed you know, their clothing has been disheveled or there was a weird substance on their clothing that wasn't there before. And it's, these are things that are really cool that you can pay attention to, to go, I want to have this tested or analyzed because it, it might bring closure to you on a different level. Absolutely. I mean, that that's, yeah, Danielle. And if you do look her up and, and you get a hold of her, you know, heck, let me know what y'all find. I mean, that, that's, uh, I mean, that, that's seems like it'd be a really interesting story. And she says our headboard was right in front of the window. So I don't know if that has any bearing to a lot of the things that you've seen or heard there, Brittany. It's easy. It's, you know, it's weird because a lot of people say that they go what they feel levitating through walls or through windows and stuff like that. And ever since I've been very small, I don't know why I've always had a thing about windows and doors. You can ask anybody, ask my husband. He thinks it's so weird. But every door in my house has to be closed. I, my feet can't come out from underneath the, you know, the blankets, the window blinds have to be closed. I can never be with a window at my back it has to be a solid wall. I have to be able to see everything in my room out of fear that I'm going to see something in the middle of the night that shouldn't be in my room. Like I've done it ever since I was a little kid. Cause I used to see shadows and figures all the time. And I just, I would zone it out, you know, and just kind of be like, okay, I can see everything and I'm in control of this space. But do you think maybe at some point you might've been abducted or, or taken at some point? I mean, as a child? <laughs> so I don't think so, but you know, I'm not going to rule it out. You never know. I mean, I mean some people, the, these, these types of phobias, I mean, they come from somewhere. 
They do come from, I know that mine came from the fact that I could see things I shouldn't be seeing. And it used to scare me. And the only person that would really listen to me, well, I had two, well, my dad did too. And my dad just thought I had a very vivid imagination, but it was always my mom and my grandmother. And it was because they also had a very height sense as well of things. Um, Mm -hmm. My mom had seen things when she was younger that she felt she shouldn't have seen, um, but she did see, and it wasn't bad. And she was the only person I could really come to to say, I, I really believe that I saw this. And she would always take a step back. Her natural mind would kick in and go, well, maybe it was this. And I go, no, 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 it wasn't that. Like, I'm trying to tell you what the heck I saw. Um, and, and having that person to lean on really helps you kind of grow. And so I, I don't necessarily know if I w- it was abducted, but I think because I saw so much stuff, there becomes a natural fear of the unknown at such a young age. But as I got older, I started to go, wait, I can take command of this. Like, you know, extraterrestrials, maybe not so much. I'm going to try and fight, but there's no hundred percent on that one, but everything else I'm like, I'm going to take command of this in my space. And, and I still get weirded out in the night. I still get up and check everything. So I'm like, "Mm, something feels weird. Well, that's good that you do that. I mean, I I think I wish more people were uh, that concerned as far as what's going on around them to where they kind of keep a closer eye on things. I think a lot of this stuff, as far as, uh, alien abductions or even extraterrestrials and so forth and so on would be a lot closer to being explained i think if a lot more people just is easily doing one easy thing like james always says you know eyes to the sky look up you know because people are not programmed to look up to see what's going on up there and we miss a lot of things because we don't look up oh 100 percent I, and I said this recently, somebody asked me and I said, it was in an interview actually recently. And I told them, I said, you know, they said, why do we feel like we miss so much? You know, why do people feel like maybe there's not enough people seeing enough paranormal stuff? And my answer was because too many people are looking down at their phones or they're not, they're present, but they're not present in this, you know, in the area around them. And you're going to miss a lot of things. Just like people say all the time, I think my loved one visited me last night, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, well, how do you think, you know? And they're like, well, distracted and it's kind of like right maybe they were really trying to get your attention and if you were present you may have had seen them you know or whatever just as much as like the dream state where people are like ah, it was just a dream i don't believe in that i think that's when our conscious mind is the most open and our natural mind isn't seeped in to destroy it absolutely and you know and you got to wonder if some of these people i mean think of the faces and the people that you see and meet or talk to or do something with in your dream I mean, are these random faces? I mean, most of the time, a lot or a lot of the time, they're not people that you readily know. No. Yeah. I mean, are these just strangers that you bump into in a, you know, in a cognitive state, you know, where you're unconscious and you've got, you know, and maybe you meet up in this realm space, maybe, (laughs) you know, and and, I mean, there's a lot of questions to ask on that. And, you know, it's just like a, a lot of these, uh, 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 Native American Indians, which are in some of these uh, rainforests, when they do that little tea that they make, which mm-hmm. is a uh, really uh, hallucinogenic uh, type stuff that's in there, you know, what if you really are reaching out to the spirit world? I mean, you really don't know. I mean, there's a lot of questions that you know need to be need to be answered, and you know, and and even uh, as far as uh, that one uh, the that one gland that's in your brain, though perineal gland i believe is called where that gland is even uh drawn out in the a lot of the egyptian type tablets on their uh 
petroglyphs and things of that nature. Oh, yeah. It's all that. The thing is, is that, you know, it's funny that you mention all of those little fine key points because a lot of, for all, oh, good night, Jeff. <laughs> good night, Jeff. Be safe, buddy. Um, a lot of people don't pay attention to the history of it. They don't put those pieces and puzzles together. It seems like nowadays everybody wants to try the new technology, I should say, versus, you know, going back through history and seeing what they did or what they may have used or some texts on the rock walls and the carvings and things like that, that are still being used today in certain practices around the world. I mean, we don't know. I, I don't, I, none of us really have the answers. That's why we're still investigating, but I don't think that we should ever rule out any type of technique, especially some that have been used for centuries mm -hmm. and obviously they've worked. Right. Exactly. Now, if somebody was trying to get into uh, ufology or, uh, crypto what would you tell them how would they get into it what would you what would be your advice to them my advice would be stay true to yourself be open-minded and start researching don't you know believe everything you read online i say get the books start reading books by the leading names of like professor jeff meldrum like for cryptozoology um and there's a lot of others that are wonderful in the field. And, and literally, you could go through a list of names in cryptozoology yeah, and get Ken, their books. Ken Gerhard, um, is, he's, he's a really good author, and he, uh, he does a lot of research as well. He lives uh, in San Antonio. And, uh, oh, does he live in yeah, San Antonio? Yeah, and he's hung out with us uh, quite a few times before. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he's another good one. I mean, there's a lot of really good ones out there. And, and recently, too, like uh, after talking to Cliff Berrickman, too, from Finding Bigfoot, he's He's an exquisite individual and he too has his own museum. And I mean, these are, these are gentlemen and there's, and there's a lot of women too in the field that people don't really realize that are in the field mm -hmm. of, of cryptozoology that are doing the work. And I, I just recommend doing the research, like really dive into the books. That's where you're going to get, get your information, get your facts. But I want everyone that gets into ufology, cryptozoology, paranormal investigating, come up with your own new ideas. Yeah, Act like we as if talking. you're the very first investigator in the field. Yeah, think outside the box. Exactly. Grab the bull by the horns and go, okay, I know, like crypto, right? I know that there was a sighting. I know that there's history past even the Robert Pattison. Let's say just for, just, you know, the Pattison Gimlin video, mm -hmm. right? Let's just go past that. Is pass into history, look through history and culture about the wild men. So you know that there's history there for Bigfoot, right? So then take what you know and the knowledge and run with it. Think way out of the box, go further than anything. Don't let television dilute your thoughts and literally think, what would you do if you were given time to just go in the woods and find a Bigfoot? How would you do it? What technique would you use? Or looking for the Jersey devil or the El Chupacabra, which we still believe to this day is probably that weird dog. That yeah, was the, what they call blue dogs. Yeah, which are incredible and, looking creatures. Uh, you know, a funny story on that real quick. I'm going to throw this in there. Ken Gerhardt called me one time and uh, I was literally on patrol. I was driving around. And he called and I said, hey, what's up, Ken? He goes, he goes, hey, do you have an ice chest? I was like, oh, uh, no, no, not with me right now. He had, he had traveled, I think it was somewhere up east somewhere anyway somebody had a chupacabra that they'd found one of the blue dogs and uh he had it in his car and it was mega stinky 
and it, he, he was driving around with all the windows down. He was trying to get this thing iced down or have something happen, you know, where he could, you know, get it where it wasn't going to stink. And and I I laughed so hard I thought I was going to drop, you know, because oh he's like, oh, God. it's horrid in here, you know, and it blah blah blah. And we were laughing, but uh, yeah. But, but that's a real investigator. That's yeah. a man on the. That's a man on the ground. Let me tell you. Mm, that's boots on the ground. Exactly. You know? That is and, how I like it. And uh, oh, he great guy. Ken Gerhardt's a great guy. And uh, so, yeah, we got a big kick out of that one. And we, I still tease him about the, the stinky blue dog he had in the car. But uh, he was one of the he was one of the leading researchers on that that found this blue dog. And we actually saw one one time out in the woods and I saw one that was alive. And at first I thought it was just a mangy coyote. And I started looking closer and realized, no, it's not a coyote. But you can't really tell what these things are. But, yeah, there's no fur on them. None. No. What I can't understand is the weird bone structure they have on their hindquarters. That mm-hmm. is really bizarre to me. I don't understand it. And the, the facial structure, too, is very bizarre. They're weird-looking dogs. Oh, God, yes. I mean, they're very strange. And let me ask you this real quick. And, and this is just a, something I want to hit on for about, uh, I think we got about two minutes we can hit on this for. But a lot of these people, uh, or women, I should say, that claim to have been impregnated by extraterrestrials and then the baby's taken have you had any dealings with this this is something that i've always been curious about and wondered you know as far as i've heard there's medical documentation i've heard there's not so forth and so on but what is your thoughts on that i mean as far as hybrids it's a tough pill to swallow for me but I'm not saying that it's not real because I, I don't know. I mean, if your planet's dying and you know that maybe we have something, I'll say this quickly. I am the rare O negative blood, right? Me so too. I've done the research. Oh, you are too? Look at that. And so as a woman, when you're pregnant, if your baby is a positive, our body actually will send in the antibodies to kill the infant because it's considered a foreign entity in the body. Okay, wow. so we cannot carry if it's a positive blood, which is weird because if you're a positive blood, you can have anybody. You can have any baby, no problem. But mm-hmm. if you are O negative, you cannot carry. You are given a shot, the Rogam shot, to protect you from killing your own child. Wow. Right? See, and I didn't know that part of it either. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's really deep. And both me. of my kids, luckily, were both negatives, but I still, for safety, had to take the Rogam shot. Wow. So, yeah, the ORH negative factor. And so the research behind it, of course, is that it's like an alien blood. Who knows where it comes from? You know, whatever. Oh, yeah. See another RH negative. Mm-hmm. There they are. And when you do the research, we're, we are not for, we're just not from here. We're not from the theory of eight because they have a protein in their gene that we don't carry. So we are not a mutation. We, we don't know where we came from. 30,000 years ago, we don't know where we came from. So... I know that 15% of abductees are RH negative, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's an alien blood, there you unless go, Gene. Gene, those you're aliens RH are negative. from another planet and they're doing abductions here to try and impregnate and to create these hybrids, you're going to want to use your blood, right? Because we're the universal blood. We can save anybody we want in the world, but nobody can save us. Right. We have so, to have, we have to have yeah, O I negative. Mean, exactly. So it's, it's kind of like, okay, I can't rule out the fact that it's, that it's, that it's, it's not happening. It can't be real because there is too many cases with it. And I do think there is something going on with it. And the, there are women that claim that the extraterrestrials allowed them to see their, their children. 
And mm. so you sit there and you go, okay, well, maybe they did. I mean, I, I can't say, and I have, I know a lot of cases about these. And for me, the testing, there are test results that have come back to show that there were um, not natural incisions and things being taken. And uh, Jeff says, don't forget about the requ- request, Brittany. He wants you to throw him a request. I don't think you have Facebook, though, do you? I don't. I don't yeah. have Facebook. I'm not on social media. Yeah, don't so, hate me, Jeff. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, but but if you want, Jeff, you can look her up. She is on Instagram. And uh, you may be able to, you know, friend her on there somewhere and uh, keep in touch. But, yeah, so, I mean, we. Oh, you, I'm not on Instagram. Yeah. I'm only on LinkedIn. Oh, I'm sorry. Not Instagram. LinkedIn. That's my yeah, bad. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I was, I was like, LinkedIn. Wait a minute, Instagram. Not Instagram. <laughs> yep. You're right. My bad. <laughs> Wrong social media. Um, That's okay. That's okay. So, I have a feeling that I'm going to have to get back into one of them for at some you, point. <laughs> do you happen to have any books that are coming out or a website or anything like that that you're working on? <laughs> I am not currently working on any books um, there. I, I'm trying to put some stuff together to to think about putting together a website. It has been brought to my attention um, several times, especially by my representative. And so currently I have nothing coming out. Um, I, I will have a couple errors. I'll be on TV a couple of times. Um, but outside of that, nothing, nothing big coming out at the moment from my right. side. Yeah. I'm like the weird shadow, right? Like I just come <laughs> and I'm like, I know things. And then I leave like, and they're like, wait, there's no card. I'm literally the woman in black. Like I literally come, I know the not, and then I leave. And then people are like, what the fudge? I can't find her anywhere. You well, know? We, we need to make you a, a bigger part of the paranormal crypto and ufology type field and kind of get you in there because you, you do have a lot of knowledge and a, and a lot of insight in a lot of these areas. And I think you're a great asset to anybody who would like to talk to you on any of these subjects. So we appreciate well, thank you, it. Eddie. And Brittany, I mean, we normally do a little thing on here where we do kind of like closing statements. So okay. if there's anything you'd like to put out there, now's the time. And uh, we're going to be shutting down in about 30 seconds. Honestly, if you feel weird because you believe in all this really cool crazy stuff you're not weird you're 100 percent normal continue to go out of the box we need your creativity we need your theories because we're all in this together and we are all going to find out what's really going on one way or another and you have my 100 percent aboard like 100 percent support across the board i will always be there to back everybody but keep believing boots on the ground stay focused and don't give up absolutely Thank you so much, Brittany, for being on the show. I, I really appreciate it. You know, you've been great. And uh, thank you for sharing all your knowledge with everybody. And, and I, I I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed speaking to you. It's, it's been wonderful. And uh, I look forward to hopefully talking to you again sometime in the future. And yes. uh, possibly even maybe an uh, interview when we're doing our uh, show with uh, yes. Deadly Dogman and uh, maybe doing some interviews. So that, I think awesome. that, that might be pretty cool as well, too. So you take care, be safe. And everybody out there, thank you so much for joining us here on Paranormal Analytical. We love you. We appreciate everything that you do. We appreciate your comments. We appreciate everything that you say on here and sharing your thoughts and ideas. Thank you so much. Until next time, this is Eddie signing off with Paranormal Analytical. Take care.